It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into another episode. Conduits of Trouble is the show. Zolgad and uh, Scoggins, as always, with you. All right, Chipper. So many sports to get to. So little time, it seems. <laughs> I know. We could talk five hours. Oh, I know. It's incredible. Here. It's incredible. I want to talk twins eventually here, but I feel like it's our yeah. civic duty being <laughs> being two people who were um, um, together in 2010 and through many years of Vikings football, um, Access Vikings. I feel that we really <laughs> should talk about w- what is going on at TCO Performance Center. And I'm going to give you a... I'm going to start you off with this statement and tell me if you think I'm wildly off, if I'm near uh, to being right. But this is how I feel right now. So the Vikings go and lose uh, to the Bears, what, 16 to 6 on mm-hmm. Sunday. You, you covered that game at Soldier Field. I watched it from here. And the Vikings are 2 and 2. They're 500. Yeah. It's, you know, it, they could, they probably should be 3 and 1, but they're 2 and 2. It's not awful. But given what's happened, how the two losses looked, Green Bay and Chicago. Uh, now we have this week Cousins coming out and publicly on his radio show slash podcast apologizing to Thieland. Zimmer saying he doesn't really like that. Um, me sensing that with Stefan Diggs not talking for more than a week now, things are really odd. Thielen yeah. trying to walk back what he said, which was absolutely true. Anyway, yeah. long story short, um, for two and two, this feels like it's awful close to going off the rails. It's how it's happened. Right, but it, am I totally wrong? No, no. I think it. I think it, okay. Well, because yeah, because of the way it's happened. I mean, they can say all the things about how you know they two and two doesn't mean anything that they started two and two and won thirteen games or what Zimmer say today that they start five and zero oh and they finished with eight wins uh, the year after. So it's how they got there and the expectations and everything that we talked about in the preseason that Spillman and Zimmer are not on the hot seat, but there's urgency to win and that they need to get into the playoffs. Cousins has to be better. And they did all these things to make Cousins better. And he's worse. He's performed worse. Absolutely has. And And the statistics bear it out. Yeah. Everything bears it out. So I, I think it's just, um, you know, Zimmer said today everybody jumped off the bandwagon. It's like, no, it's just everybody sees the, they're alarmed by what they see from the quarterback. I mean, you can't play that way and have people be like, ah, we're good. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's not going to be a problem, especially this quarterback being paid this amount, which is a large part of your salary cap. Well, when so much focus was on when it was every, Tavares, we were like, okay, don't this, you're not surprised. And it's just compounded by everything that they did in the offseason to improve him. And we've gone through it a million times. Don't need to go through it again. But, um, I, yeah, just watching that game and being there and then 
walking in that locker room afterwards, uh, you've you've done that many times too, where there's a difference, a different level of frustration, and it just felt tense in there, right? Because they knew that was a big, big game, division rival, all that, and guys know. You you can't tell me in that locker room they don't know that Cousins' record in big games. Of course they do. One hundred percent they do. Of course they do. And so there's just a lot of tension around them right now. You had the the uh, stat in your Monday column, and so I actually went back and found the alarming stats, which yeah. start with yours. Kirk Cousins is five and twenty-seven in his career as a starter against teams with winning records. So that doesn't mean good teams. That means Five above five hundred yeah. teams. As a Viking quarterback, one and eight, and that one win came last year at Philadelphia, which was two and two and fell to two and three, but ended yeah. above five hundred. Sure. So if you take that away, it's zero. Yeah. But they give it to him in primetime games, five and thirteen on Monday nights, zero oh and seven mm-hmm. on the road, thirteen twenty five and two. So. Yeah, you are you are exactly right, and I don't know. And the thing about this year so far is in the Green Bay game and Chicago game, the two important games, it hasn't passed the eye test. No, well, that, like there's nothing about it where you're like, ah, no, okay. that he, you know, the, he was basically a passenger of the two wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, they played two terrible teams that they jumped on at home, and then they were able to run the ball, so he didn't really have to do anything. And the the two games where he had to do something, he's failed miserably. And Judd, for the life of me, I cannot figure out how one quarterback who's a veteran, I'm not saying a a rookie or a second year because you can see it all over the map, but how a veteran quarterback can look the way he did against the Rams and Packers last year where he would just, there was no conscience. He was just slinging the ball all over the field and cutting it loose, no hesitation to what we saw on Sunday. I mean, what has happened? I don't know. I don't know if it was supposed to help him. I don't know if it was a, a accumulation of all the hits he took last year, to where he's seeing ghosts now and is just just lost. But he looked like there are times Sunday, like he was just he would not pull the trigger. He would not throw. We were up in the press box saying, "Throw it." Yep. You know, and and our friend Kevin Seaver has some stats where he actually had more time than I thought. Like he had like the fourth most uh, time in the pocket of uh, any NFL quarterback on Sunday. Okay, so PFF had had a a fairly substantial write-up on Cousins yesterday. We're recording this, I should mention that, on Wednesday. So this was Tuesday night. Um, Kirk Cousins has been under pressure on 47.7% of his dropbacks. That's the highest rate, and it's not surprising, in the National Football League. But that then dictates that if you're a veteran quarterback, you are getting rid of the ball quickly, right? Here's the, here's the the yin to the yang of the stat I just gave you. Kirk Cousins has the longest average time to throw of any passer this season. Over 60% of his dropbacks are taking 2.5 seconds for the ball to come out, fourth highest in the league. So he's basically operating. He knows he's under pressure constantly. But he's holding it. But he's holding it. So that goes back to what you just said. And and the result of this is a lot of checkdowns. He's holding it and checking the ball down. So yep. he's just not cutting it loose down the field. And – we, I mean, we know the pressure, and I don't think the pressure part's going to get fixed because the rookie center is just getting a baptism right now by, yeah. by fire. I feel I mean, bad for him. I mean, by he's, the way. he's getting overwhelmed. But Riley Reef was, and, and in fairness, Khalil Mack makes a lot of left tackles have bad games, and he had a very poor game. But that, I mean, honestly, do you see the pass protection magically getting better? No. I, I don't. No. And I, you know what I thought of? 
as I watched that Bears game unfold too, I thought to myself, how do you watch the Week 12 game, if you're the Vikings, if you're Spielman yeah. and those guys, how do you watch the Week 12 game last year in Chicago? And Clomax now in your division. Yeah. So, like, if he was still in Oakland, you'd be like, ah, oh, we don't play them for a long time, and <laughs> don't worry about yeah, Clomax. Want, yeah. But you know that if you want to be successful, you're going to have to face him and win games against his teams, um, you know, twice, twice a year. yeah. How do you watch what happened last year when, as Collars talked about, in Chicago, Riley Reef got picked up and tossed aside by Clomax? And be like, you know what? It'll be okay. Yeah, it's well. They, heck, Judd. The one time they tried to double him, they did double him. Riley Reef held him, and he still got half a sack on, on the same play. So, yeah, I would. I mean, if you had to chip him every play, um, but honestly, the scary thing is, two probably their second and third best defensive players didn't play. Yeah. Oh, and what they, would have happened if Hicks had played? And they were still overwhelmed. As as because uh, you know so, somebody asked Zimmer after the game, you know, what do you think happened with uh, not being able to run a ball on offense line? He said, "Well, they just overpowered us without Akeem Nix and Rokon Smith." Right. So I know, um, and that's the thing. Like I think they'll be able to run a ball with Dalvin against eighty percent of the teams they play, and they should on Sunday. They should the Sunday. I mean, how many defense are they going to face? But there'll be some. I mean. You know, maybe not to the Bears level, but I don't think even if he has a good game, you're not going to say, okay, you got to get 150 every game. I mean, at some point, Cousins has to be able to make plays, and I just, he's, I mean, he's just a liability right now. With when Whenever he's under pressure, whether it's throwing a pick or, yeah, I went back and watched the second. The first one, I don't put on him because I think Khalil Mack just got on him. You, you could say he could, should have better pocket presence, but I don't know. That seemed like he was just... Right. That happened so fast. The second one, clearly, I mean, the ball's out here, and he's just – that one's on him, the second fumble. And so it's just – I mean, he's – Well, and he just sort of gave it up, too. Yeah. The second one, he almost looked like a basketball player trying to make a bounce pass as if, oh, my God, i got to get rid of this thing. In. Yeah. But yeah, but to go back – to backtrack on what you're saying is I, I, he's – Kirk Cousins is going backwards so quickly that you it concerns you – that because it's not to me it's not a simple well he's had some really good games and he'll just turn it around it's uh boy and the two games that you really needed him and you know those are if you got blown out by green bay chicago you'd be like okay this team's just not as good as we thought too bad but it's not that 16 points against and and my thing is Diggs not talking Thielen having to basically go on kirk's podcast um the defense, there's no way. They give up 16 points to Chicago. they got to be saying, well, yeah. what more can we do? And we've seen that story before. We've seen it play yeah. out. Well, and the the podcast thing is interesting because that felt very calculated. Yeah, it was spin control. It was, yeah. It's like, By hey, somebody, probably Kirk. Yeah, let's let's put Thielen on there after he, what he said after the game, which I didn't think it was that inflammatory. I thought he was just telling the truth, right? That, well, that's what some, I – yeah, and, and but he said – my description of what Thielen said post game and saying, you know, we knew we couldn't live this way was he was waiting in the kiddie pool of consternation. Of yeah, like, but it wasn't like our quarterback is no. costing us. It, I mean, no, he you can read the between truth. the lines that hey, we got to be able to throw the ball. But I think that was more it was as average. much as as the coaches as it, it was, was at Kirk. It was at the at Zimmer coach. and and you know Kirk has to he apologized for it publicly, which is I don't I don't I don't, I don't want to apologize. Make the play. But you know that deep shot in the first quarter just has to be yeah completed. That has to be a touchdown, and that and it's seven seven. Then and well, you start over. I asked him about that too, Judd. I asked him after the game. I said, you know, that one 
is that a is that a play you just have to be able to make in a game like this where you're going to get so few opportunities? Like, yeah, I wish I had that one back. Uh, that's a throw, you know. I wish I had back. It's like we heard something similar at Green Bay with the. I mean, it's like every game is like, yeah, I wish I had that one back. It's like, well, stop. Well, and it's also weird because last year he sort of threw people under the bus, and I think that went over like a lead balloon ship yeah. in the locker room. And then clearly during the offseason this year, people got to him and are like, you need to take responsibility. But now he's overcorrected it. Now it's, yeah. And I knew it was weird after the Arizona preseason game, which was the third preseason game. And, and offensively, they looked bad. Uh, but you would have thought they lost a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, Kirk, you don't need to, you know, you can say we need to be better. I need to be better. But he was like, if I don't, if I play like this, we're not going to win many games. And he's overcorrected. It's well, like he was veering right slightly. And then they said, no, Veer left, and he turned the car over. <laughs> That's right. Well, and now we're going down the hill. You think about it, because he came out in, in training camp and said, well, I'm basically a 500 quarterback. And we were all like, whoa. Right. And then after Green Bay, well, I'm not going to be here very much longer if I keep playing like that. And it's like, okay. And then this one, now he's bringing Thielen on his podcast to apologize. It's like. And I remember. What, I mean, what is this? What's going- Do you recall a couple years back, Carl Anthony Towns sort of did this. But he was a kid. Yeah. So you're like, okay, dude, just clean that up. You don't need to. It's not yeah. always your fault. And and this is, a lot of this is Kirk's fault. But you're also, you've been in this league for a long time. Yeah. And it's a very weird dynamic to have him. And you're right. The Green Bay thing. You were like, what are you talking about? Well, and the thing is, is, is he would never admit this, but you got to wonder like where his confidence is. Because you watch him now, it looks like he has no confidence throwing the ball. Yeah. I mean, he, or, or or no confidence in the pocket, I will say that he just looks so unsure. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime he gets, uh, you know, Andrew Kramer had a good breakdown on our website yesterday where, you know, he's scrambling when he had a clean pocket. There was one he dropped back; he had a clean pocket. He just he takes off running. So I don't know if it's just kind of like in his head at this point that the, I'm going to get pressure on every play. I think what you said earlier uh, in this podcast is right. I think he's seeing ghosts now. But the fact is, the stat I gave you is frightening because then that means I mean, you're you're a veteran quarterback who has to work with this. You got to get rid of yeah. the football. And you know when you guys are up in the Soldier Field press box, basically being like, throw the ball. Yeah, and that's it, not something you know. That's something that you deal with a young quarterback or a college mm-hmm. quarterback. That's a Mitch Leidner like, thing. Yeah, he was just like know. holding it and hitching it, and it's like throw it. You yeah. know, <laughs> he's in his own head now. He's, he's definitely, and it, you you can see where he. And we've said this all along, even when he was going good, that, boy, he thinks a lot. Like, there's a lot going yes. on in his, in his brain. Which and, is why I think the hurry-up work. Yeah, Zimmer mentioned it today, too. He's like, because I think it's about the confidence question where he said, I just tell him, just don't worry about the repercussions. Just cut it loose. So he's I think, I, but I think internally, that's, they're feeling that, too, that he's, like, in his own head. Where do you think Mike is with him right now? Because Mike is well, he's, really pulling his punches. He's stuck. Well, he's an $84 million quarterback. He, he has to succeed for him, so... But it's not, yeah. Get, treating him like a kicker is not going to be the answer. So here's what I said. So, so the subject on Sunday and Monday came up of would he ever be benched? And no. I'm like, no, he no won't way. be. No but then I thought to myself, you know, the one time I might do it is if you're in the middle of another big game and he's coughing up the football, I'd be tempted to say, I can't do this to the rest of my team. Bleep it. I don't. I would. I would be stunned. I mean, when you pay a guy that money, that kind of money. The- Turnovers, the fumbles, the I oh, I agree. I mean, the, you would like to be able to, but I just like what sh- what shocks him into what's the answer here? I, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean it can't be always. I don't, I don't think benching him. I I would be stunned. 
if you know to go to Sean Mannion. The only time I would do it, well, if actually, he's injured, that's I said one the thing. time I would do it. The time that I would do it is if he freaks out mentally against Washington because it's a primetime game. He's playing yeah. his own his own team. Sean Mannion could beat Washington. Yeah, I might. And your like, defense, Sean Mannion, you can't handle this. Like it's the stage has gotten. Yeah, but then you how do you go? Then I you're done. Then you're done with him. And I, I almost am not worried about it anymore now because you're done with him anyway. It's not going to work. Well, that's the problem. Is it's the thing is not like it's wildlife. This is only week. Yeah, it ain't going to work. <laughs> I can tell you right now, the plan didn't work. <laughs> the plan did work. So I mean, it's only week four, but barring just the the mother of all turnarounds, I mean, you're going to draft a quarterback this year, right? Or it, yeah, you're going to first or second round. I mean, I don't think you can wait till next year. Or do you try and trade with Miami if they're going to get two of? If you like Josh Rosen, you're going to have to do something at quarterback. But who's going to be okay? But then that gets a—that's yeah. a great question because what I keep asking is who's going to draft that quarterback? Who's going to? Well, that's that the thing. So if 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 you decide that this ain't going to work, we're going to draft the quarterback. I'm guessing that means Spielman and Zimmer are gone, right? That's my guess. And so are you going to are you going to draft a quarterback and knowing you're probably going to let go of that GM later on if you don't, you know? No, I'm not going to have him draft my quarterback, and I don't think you can saddle a new GM with. Uh, with a head cousins. coach, no, or a oh. coach, yeah, like you can't tell. You, I would not hire a GM and say, "But Mike Zimmer's my coach." No, it's it's a package deal. You've got to make I it think, a package deal. Yeah, I think. It's and a my guess deal. is they're going to want it to be a younger, uh, a younger group of people who can find a quarterback in their mind. I mean, that's what you know. Rick has never the Teddy thing is unfortunate, but beyond yeah. that, Rick has never found a quarterback. Oh no, and that and offensive line, that that is the big key question. Is like, at what point do the we, we're talking about Zimmer, but do the Wilfs say, no, wait a second. You sold us on $84 million that this was going to be the guy that put right us on now? the top? Don't they? I would think probably privately. I saw Ziggy at halftime in Green Bay. Yeah. And he was six shades of red. He was. Yeah. He oh, was I can't imagine. Di- at halftime at Green Bay, he, I was, didn't distra- see he was not happy. I got to be honest with you. I did not see them you probably didn't walk see out of locker room. Oh, really? No, at Chicago. Oh, interesting. Now, they they could have come out a different door. But I saw him up in the press because that – the. Owner suite at Lambeau yeah. for the uh, visiting owner is down the hall from the press box. And I was walking through the hallway and saw him, and he was distraught. And, you know, I don't blame yeah. him. Well, and he's, you know, owners are fans. and so But they, it's $84 million. But this is, like, they have to be thinking, now, wait a second, you know, why is this guy getting worse? Correct. That, that to me, would be the most alarming thing. Now, you, we did all this thing. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Gary Kubiak didn't come cheap. Nope. Um, probably, he might be the highest paid assistant that they assistant. have. Yeah. yeah, probably. He I might mean, be one of the highest paid in the league. Yeah, and so you did all these things to insulate Cousins, yep. and he's getting worse in big games. Yep. And, and, you're so, off, and if, the if offensive you're the owner, you should ask questions like, hey, what's, what are we doing here? And you might just come down to the realization that you want to go along with the 2019 strategy of let's hire offensive people that can find a quarterback. Uh, because where I will fault Mike is, you know, Mike's the one that wanted to bring back Barr. Yep. The, the the offensive line's problems are not shocking. No, I, the more you watch them, the more you're like that. They did not upgrade this. <laughs> no, I, I think it was Alex Boone who's on with Collar on uh, Purple Daily Chip put it really well during the state fair. He basically said they shuffled the chairs around. Yeah, you know, Elfline moved. Bradbury, who hey, Bradbury might be fine in time, but he's just he's overwhelmed. he's overwhelmed right now. He's just and not. Riley Reef at left tackle is who he is at this yeah. point. He's an older player, and and you know if you're trying to stop Khalil Mack, it's going to be impossible. But this is just for two and two. For two and two, I feel like 
it's going off the tracks. And I also feel like, and this is also tough to say, but going into that Giants game, that it's a must win. Oh yeah, I mean, and it. it and I, you we, think I, that they should beat the Giants, but I mean, I don't think that, obviously the Giants they have a rookie quarterback. I don't think they're that good, but I mean, till this team goes on the road and plays well, and and in all phases, not just defense. You know, I mean, the thing we don't know is just like where is how's Cousins going to respond to this? What's your feeling about how the defense is taking this from your I, time? You know, I don't think they're at a point where like publicly they're going to say, "Hey, they need to pick it up over there," anything like that. Um, but I mean, I'm sure they're human too, and they're like privately they're probably like let's go you know we're well, doing our part 16 points in chicago yeah i mean that the opening drive was too long and i get that but yeah. 16 points in chicago is not- yeah and they haven't been i mean it's not like they play perfect green bay you give 24 21 points in the first quarter or first quarter and a half they're and sixth then, in scoring defense but they're but they're they're giving them a chance to win they're, they're not the reason they're two and two i mean yeah they they got picked apart a little bit there because they're off coverage too much in the first half but so do you think if dalvin cook comes back this Giants game and the Giants defense and against the run is not very good. Yeah, if they come back game. and win this game, do you think everything's fine or no, do you no, or, no, no. or do you think no. see I th- and I think both internally and externally the Cousins thing is scarring. Yeah. Well, I There's said just the same, not faith in him. I said the same thing after uh after Green Bay that even it was just set up. It's how the NFL is. You're terrible, and the next week you're good. It was set up. You're playing Oakland. They're terrible. You're going to pound them, and everybody's going to feel better. But it doesn't change anything. It just changed your record, but does it change the concerns? And, you know, even if Cousins has a big game there or a good game, it doesn't – he has to do this against Chicago, Green Bay, Seattle, Dallas. Yep. Teams that are good, teams that are going to be in the upper echelon of the NFC, that you have to show that you can, because that's that's what this is about. I mean, you're not going to be playing crappy teams in the playoffs. <laughs> you're going to be playing good teams. And so to feel better about where he's at, you want to see him do it in a primetime game or in, a, in a, against a good team and not just beat up on some, you know, sub-500 teams. I mean, that, yeah, it might make you feel a little better, but it's not – it doesn't really prove anything. And if you don't beat the Giants on Sunday, you got what Philadelphia well, now coming yeah. here, and Philadelphia is not a pushover. Yeah, they're a weird not, team, but I don't think they're bad. No, they're not. But just the faith in Cousins, and and I'm talking about not us on the outside. I'm talking about inside, internally. Yeah, because they've got to be wondering now. They've all got to be alarmed by what they've seen. When well, it how counts. could you not? Like the two games that you've lost, basically. And I don't. The Green Bay game, he cost them. This one. The offensive line wasn't great, you know, but he was a big part of that. So, well, what I guess my question is this off off the Chicago game: What does he do? You know, you don't hit the Thielen pass, yeah. which you have to hit. I'm sorry, there's no there's yeah. no leeway there. It's a clean pocket. Yeah, so there's no leeway. There's yeah. no well, that was I I saw a tweet that said you know that was a uh, just overthrew it. No, you can't oh, you have that. It. Yeah, you missed. It. And again, you're not paid that much. You know, you're not paid that much. Yeah. To miss that pass, and you're not paid that much to apologize on Tuesday. You're paid that much to make pl- that play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and he had a, Judd, he had another one where he was scrambling to the right, so he was scrambling into the uh, as a busted play uh, into their, their sideline, and he kind of just like throws it up. Yep, and it went out of bounds, but just barely. Yep, 
I mean, it was another. It felt like that Green Bay thing too. Where it's like, man, if you're going to throw it away, throw it in the stands. Like he just kind of lobbed it up, and it. I wouldn't say it hit out of bounds by about two yards. It wasn't far enough out where you thought there's no way anybody can catch it. It's like, geez, this might get picked off. Yeah. It's like, man, he just. It's almost like everything now is born out out of a complete lack of confidence in himself. Yeah, yeah, and so. Well, I'm. They'll never admit it, but they have to be panicking internally. Absolutely. Well, this is what costs people their jobs. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Well, you can't. If you it, miss the playoffs, I think they're all gone. Well, I don't know how you could watch those two games internally if you're a coach or whatever and be, and be like, yeah, you know, it's just, well, it's a little thing here or there. No, right. I mean, it's like, this is your, you know. And, and he, how many times can Dalvin save the day? And can you keep Dalvin healthy for an entire season? Well, a question you don't thing. know. I mean, there's yeah. just so many variables yeah. here. But you need your quarterback. We're We're talking. I mean, I think you'd be panicked. If this was a quarterback not being paid, how you know? Yeah. If this was a quarterback they had drafted and had developed, well, and they thought, oh, he's okay, and he played like this, I think there'd be especially because this is not what year one or year two in, into a regime. I mean, this is like right Fisher cut bait time for the, and the this, whole regime. And this was supposed to be it. This was yeah. supposed to be the move to put you over the hump. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to far, far more <laughs> positive things. Yeah. I am on record as saying twins in the ALDS in five. Wow. I'm going to pick them in five games. Um, I think I, I would probably. I'm a little nervous about it. But well, I, I, I honestly. Pick them. Yeah, you what know what? What the heck? You know what? I honestly think it's. Like, if, if they were playing the A's, I'd be like, all right, A's in four or A's in three. You know, I just. Or, or Astros, I'm sorry. If they're oh, playing, yeah. if they're playing Astros, I would say Astros and three Astros. You know, absolutely, you feel good about this. This one, I sort of feel like it's a flip of the coin mm-hmm. because I, I think both uh, pitching staffs are vulnerable. Both lineups are great. It's one of those things that I'd like to pick the Twins, but until they do it, it's hard to pick them. Sure, does that make sense? Yes. So, I. I'll ride the fence. I don't know. I I could see it going either way. I think it's 50-50. I don't think either team is that much better than the other one. I do think that they the Twins, in, in this case, are, and this probably starts with, with uh, Baldelli, but extends to Cruz, Gonzalez, Scope, that group. I do think that if they lose the series, they're just going to lose the series. Oh, yeah. That's, like, like, we're not going to be – the national perspective is going to be Yankee Mystique guy. Oh, that's, that's – But that's, yeah. that's well, as much garbage as I've – And we and we said this. is like, do you think Nelson Cruz cares about the Twins history? I don't think Rockaball Deli gives that. Well, I got to be honest with you. I don't even know if they know. I, they may know a little bit, yeah. but – They're being told. Yeah, but you think Nelson Cruz or Marvin Gonzalez or Sergio Romo give two hoots about <laughs> that they haven't beat the right. – I mean, they don't care. It's just if they lose, it's because – the Yankees pitch better or hit better. It's not going to be because some mystique that's got a hold on them. So here's my guess. My guess is this series comes down to ultimately the bullpens probably as well. Because I, I think both teams are going to hit the starters. Yeah. And, and the Yankees, probably Paxton, Severino, that group can pitch. They have an advantage. But I think both teams, because both these offenses are high-powered. Like yeah. the Twins aren't going to be a shrink. I don't think, and if, if they are, they'll be done quickly. But I don't, I don't think the Twins are going to be a shrinking violet offensively. They're going to hit hit home runs, especially games one and two at Yankee Stadium. But I think this is going to come down to those bullpens. Yeah, and I can't decide there. The Yankees on paper have a better bullpen, but the Twins bullpen for the end, yeah, you know, last month plus more than a month plus was really good. Yeah. Well, I'll say this: Is Tyler Duffy Tyler Duffy going to continue to be Tyler Duffy? That's is Trevor May going to continue question. to be Trevor May? Yeah. 
Um, I don't worry so much about Romo and and Taylor Rogers. I think those guys will, you know. But is will those kind of that second tier guy, the sixth, seventh guys, be the same? But I I will say this: if Jose Barrios pitches to his what he his best, yep, I think they win the series. That's what I said too. I agree completely. If he comes and out and he's started, dynamite game one, I, I think they win the one. series. I start him game one. I just think he because has a higher bar, right, or a higher ceiling. I think you sink or swim partially with him. Yeah, because it, like Odorizzi would make sense because I think he's probably, if you played the game ten times, he'd give you more consistent uh, outing ten yeah. than than Barrios would. But I think Barrios, if he's on, can give you a much higher ceiling than mm-hmm. Odorizzi, and so I think if he. Uh, I think if he's on and he's locked in and he's dynamite game one, I think they win the series. Yeah, the, the more I thought about that, I said that Burrell should start game one because I think I think in some ways you ride or die with him mm-hmm. a little bit. Because if he starts game one and he is effective, he doesn't have to be great. You know what? He can give up five runs. Let's say he gives you six and five runs or four runs. I'd prefer four. But your offense should be – if your offense doesn't score a ton of runs, you're done. Yeah. So let's say Barrios pitches six innings in game one, gives up four runs. Okay, it's not great, but it's not awful. Then he can potentially come back in game five, right? Yep. And, and yeah, I think if you go Oda Rizzi game one, and I think if you get too cute yeah. and try and pull too many strings, it probably backfires. So I would almost rather say to Barrios, dude – this is partially gonna gotta be on you. Might not be yeah. fair to you. You might not like it, but it's gotta be. Well, and we we think he's a tough minded guy who's competitor. Let's see if he rises to the moment, yeah. you know. And then, yeah, Dobnik two, Odorizzi three. I think they'll go. My my gut tells me that they're gonna go Brios, Odorizzi, Dobnik. But I would go Dobnik two because, as Phil has said. Odorizzi's a fly ball pitcher in that part. I'd yeah. rather get him out of Yankee Stadium. Sure, but I bet you they go Brios. Odo, Dobnik in game three. Because you do it's have sort to, of a bullpen game, but I'm willing to give Dobnik five now. Yeah, and I mean, the more if, if you can make it, the more I think about that too is like you have to think about the emotion part of it. And as great a story as Dobnik is, it is Yankee Stadium playoffs. I'd rather have a veteran there yep. who's kind of who's just been through it more. Yeah, and where Dobnik can maybe feed off the home crowd, maybe not as nervous as being. In Yankee Stadium, but if you're the <laughs> Twins, you know Chipper, you've got to be prepared for it after five to be. Eight to seven, nine to eight. Yeah, yeah. Might not be the that might that might not be the best, but that's the reality. That's here. probably what's going to be. Yeah. And your bats are going to have to. I, th- these games prepare. They're going to take six hours. And what? Yeah, I know. What do we know? Pitching changes galore. About Kepler. Uh, I think Kepler's going to be on the roster. I think he's going to probably start. Um, I think. Oh, okay. So what about a rise? It sounds like he's making. I think he's, he's trending that way. Yeah. I think a rise, Kepler and Marwin. Who's had the oblique are on the roster? I think Adrianza, who also has an oblique, who says he's fine now, is not on the roster. Yeah, and I can take three because that's three chances right there. Um, my toughest cut was I kept Ostadia over, and, and I, I originally went thirteen pitchers, twelve position players. I flipped that now twelve pitchers, thirteen position players because it's three guys who so are potentially hurt. Ostadia scope. Uh, I did not keep Lamont Wade. I kept uh, Cave. Okay. So I didn't. I'd go wait over Cave. I think. Well, and you might have a. Oh, see, I think you could. You could legitimately keep. You could take Ostadia off and keep Lamont Wade and Cave. Wade gets on base. God forbid something. God forbid Gonzalez gets hurt again and yeah. Kepler because with my scenario now you're in trouble. Yeah. With yours, 
you would have Rosario, let's say, in, I don't know, right field then, yeah. Wade in left, Cave in center. Sure. Not I Again, not great, yeah. but that would give you the wiggle room to have the outfielders yeah. go down. So um, you think 13 position That's what I did. 12, yeah. That was my form. It, so you don't, it wasn't you, my initial formula. So Gratterall's not on there. Gratterall is on mine. I, I left Gibson off. I can't. I, I initially did it last night and left again. I, I've done this like five times because it's fun. I initially left last night Stashek off, but then I went back and checked. His September was nine appearances, yeah, pretty much pretty, lights out. Yeah. And I thought to myself, okay, if Gibson's not going to start a game, which he won't, do I want Kyle Gibson coming out of my bullpen and he's a right-hander or Stashek also a righty? So I kept Stashek, and my three left-handers are all from the bullpen at this point. Yeah, Taylor Rogers, obviously. Um, Perez, Smeltzer, and Perez, and Perez. Is so you don't think you don't think Gibson talks him into it? I don't think it's a good idea. I think he's going to try, and, and I think they. I, I think would they're listening, and I would not be surprised if he's on that roster. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, I'd rather have Stashik coming out of the bullpen as my as a righty. I wonder what I wonder if they do Gibson over Gratterall. The fact he throws 100 miles an hour. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Me. I think I would. If you're doing it, okay, but just be doing it from a non-emotional. Ba- I mean, because these guys do work like that at times, sir. Right? I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. Right? That, okay, yeah. so do it non-emotionally. I don't care how much time, you know. Yeah. I appreciate you, but pat on the head. Uh, I kept Gratterall. Yeah. I kept Stashik. I kept Perez only because he's left-handed, and yeah. I can have him be a matchup a guy. A specialist, yeah, yeah. Or, and I kept Smelter for the same reason. Yeah. And that gives me, of my 12 pitchers, that gives me three left-handers. Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense because I, I just, I mean, Gibson could give you two innings, three innings possibly if you get, you know, if you get shelled and one of the, one of your starters gets shelled, but so can, he, could, he could get shelled too. And I just, I just, he's just not right. I agree. Well, and that's, he's not, not right physically. And that's what I've said is I think it's a very easy um, explanation. It does not appear heartless if you say Kyle's been around a long time and we appreciate him, but he has been sick all summer. Yeah, and you can see it with his weight loss yeah. and his performance. And, and But as far as the strategy of him, my question becomes, is he the best chip to use or would I rather use a Stashek chip? And if you're going to give me the chips, I'm going to take the Stashek chip. Yeah, because he's just been more effective in that role and he's used yeah, to it. Yeah, he's used to yeah. it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes total plus, sense. Plus, you know, to I wonder, go down this path, too, Chipper, we've seen Gibson in big spots before. I know, it's, I cousin, know. it's Cousins-esque. I wonder. It's problematic. I wonder how they view position players versus the need for an extra bullpen arm. Well, I think if you're going to keep the three guys that I'm going to keep, and I think they are. I think I Gonzalez helps, right? Yeah. Right. I think you've got to go. I think, I think, because I was going 13-12 myself. Sure. And then I flipped it because... The injuries. Yeah. Gonzalez, oblique. Those things can go. Can flare up, yeah. Arise, all he has to do is run wrong. Mm-hmm. He's out. Yeah. Uh, and, and now they, they can be replaced. And Kepler. But then they're out again for the next series. So like, Or I, just the remainder of this one, not the next no, one. No, the next one. So, I thought it was just the remainder of no, this one. No, I believe one. the rule is if you put a guy on your roster and take him off during the course of the series, he then becomes ineligible for the next series. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is why I want to keep those so guys. you want to keep just like... In case it's just a one or two game thing, yeah, yeah, and with Kepler, you don't know if he's going to have a setback. Yeah, it probably is the way to go. Just to and I think of all those guys as important as arises. I think Kepler's the linchpin. Sure, yeah, Kepler's because, my linchpin because he hits. I mean, I love Arise. He's probably one the, my favorite player to watch. Sure, but in terms of just importance, I think Kepler's. You know, he's not in. I don't. I wouldn't put him ahead of Nelson Cruz, but he might be second or third. I think for yeah. the team. Yeah, I, I mean. 
two weeks ago or so when, when I did my my uh, candidates for Twins MVP, I picked Kepler. Yeah. And now Cruz, prob- Cruz, if he wins it, is absolutely should. But Max Kepler meant what to this team and the yeah. power he provides well, yeah. top of the order. And mm-hmm. there's just so many things. And plus, defensively, plus, yeah, just think about it. If I'm t- if I'm saying, hey, your outfield's Rosario and left, um, Cave and Gonzalez or Lamont Wade, you're like, okay, that's <laughs> not great. And, and now if it's Kepler, yeah. Now we we did talk about game one. I do think, and we don't know who's going to pitch for the Yankees yet. It might be James Paxton, who's yeah. a left-hander. But we talked about what would your lineup look or what would your defensive uh, look like. And at first, I said Kepler. Everybody's health. Everybody's healthy. Yeah, with everybody, with, with the people they have. Anyway, we came to the conclusion that there's a good chance that Marwin would start at first, Kepler would be in right, and Cave in center because you don't want to ask Kepler to have to play center with his health. Yeah, but so you're not going to start Crone? I, I mean, that's it's a tough decision. I, at first I did, I, but then I could I, see how Marwin could start there. I would go with Crone? Yeah, and put uh, Marwin in right. I mean, Crone... Hit the home run on Sunday, right? And he looked good. I mean, so, so yeah. maybe he's, so. If he's back with that thumb, I think I would go with. And you put Kepler in center. I would yeah. go with the the guys that I felt were my regulars all year, pre pre injuries. That's probably fair. The you Kepler know. thing just, I'd like to not have him have yeah. to cover sure. too much space with an injury, but yeah, it's quite possible. Yeah, I just. So that, you're not gonna make a pick, huh? I see. Um, I, w- I would love to pick the Twins because it would be fun to get see this thing have a long run. Yep. I mean, have some, like, deep October baseball well, Once here. you get past first round, you're – Yeah. That's a long run. That would be fun. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I honestly think it's a flip of the coin that – I mean, they are very offensively. They're very equal. I think they're very similar. There's a lot of – Yes. Yes, the Yankees have the bigger names, but the Twins have a lot of the same attributes. I, and, and, I don't, and I think that the thing about the Twins I do that would make me lean their way is just the kind of loosey-goosey nature of this, this crew. Uh, that yes. I don't think they're going to be affected one way or the other by the pressure of the Yankees. I, I would, no. That's not going to... I think they'll enjoy it. Yeah, I think they'll... There's something about this crew that's just been a special team to cover. So, All right, let's wrap things up. By talking about the team that before you covered the uh, debacle in Chicago, West Lafayette, Indiana. It almost was a debacle in West Lafayette. Yeah, what? So I, it was. It was a. F- they hit. They you know clearly are the better team. And if if a now how bad onside they're terrible. And it didn't help that he lost the two best players on one play. Why didn't Jeff Brom leave? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's he's probably wondering the same thing. <laughs> uh, big raise for one. But that game. I mean, if that if that onside kick doesn't take just a weird freaky bounce off of. Seth Green's face mask, it's, you know, game's over. But defensively, they weren't good, the the Gophers. I mean, he missed way too many tackles. I mean, it was atrocious. Why are they going backwards again there? Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Um, huh. So, but uh, I love the game plan that Kirk Shiraka came out. Hey, because if you remember last year, the Gophers just absolutely pounded them on the ground. Mm-hmm. I think Mo uh, Ibrahim had something like, hundred and I don't know how many yards, sixty yards maybe, and they ran for whatever. They just just steamrolled them on the ground. So I think Purdue came in, <clears throat> Purdue came in and said, "Well, we we got to guard against that," and they left that middle of the field open for those RPO slants, and then it just I mean it was hit them on it and off to the races. It was like one after another. It's and, what we wanted though, and they can't they could not stop it. 
And the thing is, I will say this about Tanner Morgan. I mean, he's 21 to 22. Um, there wasn't a high degree of difficulty on some of those passes. Yep. Was, but here's what he does. He hits those guys in stride. Yes. And as fast as they are. Remember, I'm with you here. I don't you know, pick on any previous coaches or quarterbacks, but they would have to twist and turn and no, this is turn exactly himself into press just to catch a screen. And, and he I'm hits not, them on that post or that slant. You. He hits them right in stride, and then it's just gone to the races. I'm not asking for Marino. That's right. Yeah, he does what he's supposed to do. Yes. Yeah, and he, and, he, and he makes some tough throws. I mean, a couple of the fades, you know, but on those slants, just hit them in stride. Where they can keep running and not have to so change. So what was the what was the Zimmeresque, um We got to establish the run when you've got this. Well, but but I do think because those are RPOs and he's sticking at the ball in the in running back's belly and he's freezing that linebacker, and they were they were committed to stop the run. So I think if you, PJ wants to be balanced, and I understand why because if they start playing a pass and you can come back with Roddy Smith, who I thought was really good yeah. Saturday, now you got him because. They were low enough to stop the run, and if teams are going to do that, then hey, you got you got a terrific. I mean, this wide receiver core has to be the best in program history as a group. It's the best, and it, without a doubt, it is the best utilized wide receiver core in the state right now. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's and I'm true. talking about a state that's got <laughs> Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen in it. Utilized, yeah, utilized. But yeah, Bateman's unbelievable. Yeah, he's. he's I've a, said this to you. For, yeah. Every yeah. podcast we do. Yeah, he's a star. Yeah. And Tyler Johnson's going to play on Sundays, and I also think he's good. But Bateman's Bateman, better. Yeah. Bateman. Because his speed. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. If you throw it to him, yeah. he almost inevitably catches it. Well, the it. thing is, Tyler's very good. Um, when they're in the red zone, you throw it up, jump ball, fade, whatever, he's catching it. I mean, he's he's so strong and so physical. But Bateman just has that gear like you saw. And even Ottman Bell. Yeah. I mean, he had to, but, it's very good. But watch when Bateman catches one on the sprint and he does it and it's in stride I mean he's just running right by you I mean his speed is crazy and so yeah it'll be interesting to see how teams start to defend them because obviously now you have to be really scared of the pass which I think will loosen things up and their line was better Saturday but it wasn't great and in I think PJ's trying to light a fire because they have this backup center John Michael Schmidt they feel like they have six good linemen six starting linemen and so what he's done is those those two guards and the two centers, they're basically rotating them series to series. Okay. And so Connor Olson will move to guard, and Real, okay. a guard will sit out. Down that will sit. Yeah, okay. they, so they're rotating their interior. So they have four guys for mm-hmm. three spots, and they're rotating them. And they really like uh, John Michael Schmidt. And so and I think it's also a way to P.J. say, hey, if you're not going to perform, guess what? Well, that line didn't play well for the whole night conference, right? No. They didn't at all, and I thought they were better, but I still think they can be a lot better. I mean, they, they you know, they're still. It's just not what we saw at the end of last year, right? But when they and defensively, it's not definitely not what we saw. At the no, end defensively, year. they they're just missing too many tackles. I mean, it was in their secondary just had a. That's the damnedest thing how that comes and goes I with know. this program. Well, I do think. Well, I, I I'll say this: tackling's pretty poor in college football across the board. And I, and I asked PJ about this, and he kind of dismissed it this week, but. Teams just don't practice. You never tackle to the ground. Right. They do so much thud. Well, you see it all the time. These guys just try to thud in a game. It's like you got to wrap up. I mean, that, that was part of the problem. All players do that. Yeah, I just think and it's not to let them off the hook or excuse-making, but I think if you're just not – it's like anything. If you don't shoot free throws in practice, right. are you going to be a good free throw shooter? Right. Well, if you're not tackling and working on technique – and he said they do different stations where they work on technique, but you're not actually doing it at game speed. You're not doing it 
tackle him to the ground. So I think it's just suffered across the board because you much college football I watch is just like sometimes tackling is atrocious, you know. So when's the next real test in your mind for the Gophers? Um, well, they got Illinois uh, this week, yep. Nebraska next week. I, I, I guess that's a test, you know. They they should win. I'm not going to say Gophers are. I think that they could just you know pick the score in any game. Then they're at Rutgers, and then Maryland. So I, Judd, they could be eight zero. I don't think it's inconceivable. By the way, I've got questions for you. What happened to Maryland? Yeah, well, I think people got a little too excited over this. <laughs> Syracuse. We were. I was watching that game Friday night uh, when I was in Chicago at the airport uh, bar there, and Penn State was like so much faster than him. Penn State is fast. Yeah. their wide receivers are oh, yeah. really fast. But I watched part of that game. It, it was, was. They were. It, it. It was two teams operating at different speeds. It looked like Maryland sh- should have been paid a million dollars to show up for that game. <laughs> it was unbelievable how fast they were, just running right by him. So they're they're clearly not that good. So I mean, well, we said it all year, right? Judd, this schedule. Yeah. Take advantage of it because you're not guaranteed to get a schedule like this every year. And so, you know what I think? Enjoy the X while you have it too. Yeah, but they're pretty good. They are way better than I. Well, they're better than I thought. Been I, to yeah, I didn't give them enough credit. They're they're good. So, but it, it, you know, I think at minimum they should be seven and one going into that Penn State game. Illinois, you, you win on Saturday. You Nebraska, should you, should you should win. win. Nebraska, Rusk, you should win. at Rutgers, you should win. Yeah, and Mar- Maryland, coach. yeah, and and Maryland home, you should win. Are they really going to bring back Greg Schiano? I mean, Is it gonna he, ma- he had success there. He did. Relative. Yeah, it'd be like Mac Brown going back I can't to imagine, North Carolina. Right? I can't imagine how hard it is to win at that program. You know, just I, – I, I, I probably would do it just because he's a guy who's won there before. I hope the Big Ten got a lot from <laughs> Oh, yeah, I hope maybe. they made their New York money, which I don't Does think anyone, people – Do they realize no one in New York cares about right now? No. Yeah, it was that – was, that was a sham just to get in the New York market, you know. Uh, they just wanted the money. So, yeah. All right, Chip Scott. Hey, have fun in New York, man. Well, it's going to be a good time. Uh, Conduits of Trouble. We will be back next week. Talk to you then.